Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Who? Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water. Do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? Corey Kispert joins the boys, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and yeah. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. So 349 coming hot at you guys and sewed 348. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossme, the Rock Tosopolis, Nikki Snacks Kreider, and yes, Corey Kispert, one of the best players in college basketball this past season, future first round pick. Get excited. It's an awesome interview, and we're about to break it down for you guys. But before we do, we got to remind you that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today and bet anything you want. It is the best betting website in the game. Don't be shy. Head on over. You could even do draft props because the draft is this Thursday. Bet something good for our boy Corey. We have all the hopes. Great guy. Great interview. Great player. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Enjoy. Corey Kispert with the Charity Stripe Boys. All right, guys, you heard in an hour introduction. We have Gonzaga legend, one of the best college basketball players we've seen in the last few years and future first round pick Corey Kispert joining the boys. Corey, uh, we're recording a week before the draft. It's a big week coming up. What's on the agenda? How are you feeling? Has it hit you yet? Gosh, uh, wow. Where do I start? Um, no, it hasn't hit me yet. Still, I mean, I'm, I've been, I feel like I've been on the traveling circus around the country working out for teams and trying to put my best foot forward and, uh, you know, convince these teams to you know, pay me millions of dollars to play basketball for them. So like, I really got to be on it and it's been a lot of fun and I'm going to places in the country I've never been to before. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm almost done with them though. And then once I'm you know, done with that, I can, I can start focusing on uh, the draft on Thursday. I mean, if they didn't watch any of the last season or the season before that, for that matter, and you haven't convinced them about the million dollars, I don't know what we're thinking at this point. I don't have a mill to throw at you. I got like 15 bucks, but I would, hey, Kispert, all you, yeah, man. I'll take the Mariners hat off your head. How about that? The Ichiro version? Bro, I, I got you, man. <laughs> Just send me your address. I'll send it. Um, are you going to the draft? Are you going to be present there? Sir. Yeah, oh, I'll dude. be there. What are you wearing? That's top secret info. Can't Ooh. share it. Okay. Oh, off, off the Will record, just give me wearing a just, headband. Yeah, just Is give me the. Will I be wearing a headband? No, uh, I'll have. An, I think I'll have enough gel in my hair to like keep the <laughs> keep the hair out of my eyes. So I think that uh, the gel will serve the headband. It was such a golden opportunity, though. You could have gotten like a Versace sponsored headband to rock. Like it would have been really fitting. You know, I would love to say that's a, that would be an awesome idea, but I actually just. I hadn't thought about it. So, I mean, maybe you should come up, come alongside here and help me get dressed for the draft. <laughs> twist our, twist our arms. Like, Hey, what are y'all doing next week? Can't make it to happy hour guys. Sorry. I'm going with Kispert to the draft and help him put his headband on. Yeah. Hate to see it. Um, so there's a lot of teams that can use your services. Uh, you do a lot well, man. So that's great on you. Uh, one team in particular, there's a player that in our research, we found that you very much, admire as we all do and that's clay thompson 
Uh, thoughts on possibly going to the Warriors? They have the seventh pick, they have the 14th pick, and possibly playing on a guy that you've looked up to and, and you know, watched all, all throughout your career. Yeah, it, that would be awesome. You know, a dream come true. Talk about a team who plays in a style that I could just fit into seamlessly. They move the ball well. They, they play fast. Um, they're smart. You know, Draymond Green facilitates everything for them. And um, I, I could fit in really well with a guy like him. And having a guy like Clay in the locker room, too, that I could look up to and um, work out with and, and pick his brain would be awesome. Um, that'd be an awesome. That'd be a great, great opportunity to play for them. They, yeah, I mean, every team needs shooting. And especially with Clay coming back, kind of adding me to that piece would be really exciting, I think, for them. Mm, yeah, of course. Let's say they were to take you at the seven. Is there a, four, a guy at 14 that you would like them to take? Any other, guys in the Other than number one with? on Gonzaga, other than Jalen Sachs. Yeah, other than, <laughs> yeah well, Jalen, Jalen, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, Jalen will be gone by 14. So <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a tough one for them to get a hold of. But gosh, uh, player that they should take i mean i really think that they i mean they they do really well with i mean they did well with um patchouli and bogut and draymond green so a guy like them one of those guys a bigger dude who could you know catch the ball at the top of the key and make make plays facilitate screen for Steph, screen for clay um roll to the rim catch lobs i think a big would be good for them to kind of play with wiseman mm-hmm. um and there- kind of learn from draymond are there any guys that you've been doing any of these workouts with who maybe you didn't get to see in college who you've been really impressed or just have enjoyed spending time with? Yeah. I mean, I've had like three or four workouts with Zaire Williams, um, the kid from Stanford. Yeah. Uh, really impressed with his game. He's like every bit of six, nine, six, ten. Um, can shoot it, can make plays off the dribble. Um, gotten really frustrated with him because I felt like my hand is in his face on every shot he takes and he's still, he's a tough shot maker. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. He spent, you know, half of his college or his entire college career in a bubble. Um, and, you know, Stanford, I didn't get to see a lot of their games either. So being able to um, get to know him a little bit, work out with him has been really cool. I, I like his game a lot. Yeah, we saw him play live in person. We saw him play Dominic Harris, actually. And yeah, we saw him play. Yeah. yeah. It was, and then Evan Mobley and then BJ mm-hmm. Boston was there. Dwayne Wade rolled in. None of the kids cared. Trippy Red rolled in, and everyone's going nuts. I was like, <laughs> "What century am I living What's going in? On? Who, yeah, <laughs> what is happening here?" I mean, you mentioned a guy like Draymond, though, and and Steph and Clay too. These are guys that were that weren't one and done players. Like you, we're not a one and done player. Um, ageism. Do you think has that been an issue for you? I think it's kind of like subsided a little bit because as we're seeing, okay all these upperclassmen are coming in and balling. One guy that always comes to mind is Malcolm Brogdon, who was completely slept on. They let him go to the second round. He's rookie of the year. And he's like, you know, not a max guy, but he's close to it. He's a major contributor. Has that been an issue? Do you think it's been an issue? Do you think there's parts of your game that are being slept on because of your age? I think issue might be the wrong word. I mean, I just, I, like, I know how much that I have left to improve on, but there's, I could talk for hours on, on things that I could get better at and things I know I can get better at and improve on. And I have, and people tell me that, or people write about me that I have a low ceiling, you know, like not much left for improvement, you know, because I'm old, because I'm 22 and yeah. Uh, old, you're yeah, old as hell, man. Yeah. drinking this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, and that's the way the NBA is moving now, you know, guy, they, 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 they favor guys with, um, a lot of potential that they can invest in and watch them grow and stuff like that. But I just don't see a reason why that can't be me as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to learn. I'm, I take criticism well, and I'm, 
and, 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 and I have the track record to do it too. Like every year, I mean, I can tag, I feel like I've gotten better statistically every single year in a lot of categories. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, and there's not something to say that these guys are good. Like Zaire Williams is what he's 18, 19, and he's really good. So, I mean, there's, there's two sides to every coin and I, and I get where they're coming from, but yeah. um, to say that I can't improve or I can't get better or don't have a high ceiling is uh, that's where it kind of hurts well, me a it's interesting that it can be like, it can be a compliment and a criticism at the same time. A lot of times, right? Like you mentioned Malcolm Brogdon, I, another guy that I'm sure, you know, a lot of guys have already compared you to is Joe Harris, right? He was, he was an upperclassman at Virginia. You've got guys like Jalen Brunson as well, who was, he played for a long time at Villanova and they've all been able to have successful NBA careers, but also superseded the expectations that were put in front of them. As far as like little things, I imagine you're probably trying to simplify like what you're getting better at and what you're focusing on for this first year for your rookie season. What's that going to look like for you? Yeah. I mean, it's as crazy as it sounds like I got to get better at shooting the ball. Like, I mean, the NBA line's going, it's back further right? and guys are shooting deeper. Like you see where Steph and Dame are shooting the ball from with accuracy. Right. So I got to get back there and and shoot the ball, you know, at high thirties, low forties from back there. Um, And then, you know, obviously, I mean, other than that, like making simple plays, like on the bounce after guys close out on me, I mean, the closeouts longer and I have more opportunity to put the ball on the floor and make plays off of that. Um, and then be able to guard multiple, multiple positions. You know, I'm probably gonna be playing the two or the three and I got to guard two, three, and four. So I got to be able to guard bigger, faster and, and bigger or bigger, stronger and taller. And I got to be able to guard like shifty and quick and smaller. So, um, like I said, you know, lots to improve on and lots to get better at, uh, if I yeah. want to you know, carve out the career I want. Are you, uh, are you feeling inspired from so much of the, the like mid range shot making in the playoffs? When you get that hard closeout, dribble once, take that quick pull up. Is that yeah. is that inspired? You didn't have to do much of it against no. that guy. I feel like yeah, and no, no. I mean, like it's just the the game is moving in a way that just fits me so well, and it's amazing yeah. how fast it happened, right? Like I, when I was in high school, like late parts of high school, it was. I mean, it was just like, oh, Corey, like I don't know if your game, you know, is really correlating to the NBA. You got a lot of stuff to work on if you want to, you know, make the next few steps, and then like three or four years later, like you're perfect for the NBA. Like you're, yeah. you're, like you're the, you're the archetype. Like you're the guy, you're the, you're the, you have the game for it. So, um, and you know, every game I watch, it's amazing how many just sequences of like drive, punch, kick, another punch, kick, move the help, make the defense scramble, punch, kick three. Like that's just, that's my bread and butter. So, um, especially in the playoffs too, when the defense is even better and more and the rotations are tighter. And those are the kind of decisions that I you know thrive on making. And you, know, you look at guys like, I mean, the guy in the play like Cam Johnson and McCall Bridges who know their roles. I mean, that is such like a major part of, I guess, is the game as well. You know, obviously it is your bread and butter, the NBA. Now you can hit from all behind the arc um, and, you know, but knowing your role and kind of when to step in and when to take that shot and when to kick it around and move the rock. I mean, those guys were experts at it. And I mean, obviously being upperclassmen and fitting into the right system helps. But I mean, once we hit that seven range and on, I mean, all those teams are going to need you. They need a guy like you, even Joe Harris, like, you know, oh yeah, like, you know, it's like what he could be, but like Joe Harris dollar signs, bro. I I remember, I remember, you know, everybody's texting me, Joe Harris getting paid, getting paid. Mm -hmm. Even my old man's like, who's this Joe Harris guy? Next day text me, yo, that guy's getting money. (laughs) Yes. The guy's getting money. Yeah. I mean, I have the same, I have the same agent as Joe and I know Joe personally. (laughs) So like, I mean, he and I have a, a lot, a lot in common. And so, um, you know, it's not, it's not lost on me how a guy like that can make the money he's making. 
Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's well deserved. And there's other guys though, obviously like Rui in the NBA, who's carving out a nice role in Washington, doing well there. You were the upperclassman at Gonzaga and obviously had to be a mentor to some of the younger guys coming through. Who was that guy when you were a sophomore that helped really get you to the next step when you, when you were a junior? Josh Perkins. Um, and it's crazy cause he wasn't, he wasn't my position. Um, but I mean, he was a, like a complete, complete open book from day one with me about, um, what he's working on his struggles were, you know, working with coach few and coach Lloyd, where he struggled with that. Um, you know, how he thought I could fit in to playing, you know, it fit into my role year in and year out. I mean, he was honest and, um, I really appreciated that from him. He never, he never like bullshitted me once. He always kept it real. And so um, whether or not I was asking him for specific advice on, you know, how to space the floor and be a better, you know, shooter at that time. Um, a lot of it was just like how to fit into your role, how to work with coach, um, how to get along and lead players off the court. Like it's just, it's all because of him. How much of the recruiting process when you were going to Gonzaga did those leaders in, on that team affect you making that decision to go to Gonzaga? Yeah, it would. And that's the next, that's the next story is like, it, it has to do with Josh is that um, he was one of the guys that I followed around uh, on campus and he kind of took me around and stuff. And, you know, I, and about, you know, well, after the meetings and the dinners and all that stuff, we went, we just hung out with the team and at about one thirty, it was time for me to go home. And he drove, he drove me home. And he pulled off in like a random street in Spokane and parked his car. And he's like, all right, Corey, like no bullshit. Like ask me, you got 10 minutes, ask me whatever you want. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. And so I asked him, I, mean, I said, okay, go, well, coach told me this in our meeting. Like, is that true? Um, how has your experience been working with him? Is there times where you thought you could have played more, but he wouldn't let you? Like I, I, I asked him every question. He, I mean, he told me about how much he and coach butted heads and how, um, he's had to work with or work up, work on, you know, humbling himself and, and stepping into roles and stuff like that. And hearing the negative parts about the school uh, after I've gotten the skinny from the coaches about how great everything is, um, is what was, was the final nail in the coffin for me to like decide yeah. to go there. I mean, that's what convinced me was, was that conversation with Josh. Just being an open book, you know, just like honesty just goes a long way and you can trust totally. those guys. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with us. Like I was coming to New York, going to Texas and everyone's like, this is the best school in America. Yada, yeah. Josh yada, is getting yada. recruited to play at Texas. I was not recruited. I was getting not definitely not play at anything at Texas uh, except perform. And uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And the, um, but they're telling me like, oh, it's amazing, amazing. And then some, finally someone was like, yo, by the way, just so you know, you're not going to be used to it. August, September. And then we kick back around to May. It's hot as balls. I'm like, all right, no, no. Like, like yo, dude, no, like you're going to hate it. It just, so you know, it sucks. And right then and there, I was like, all right, someone leveled with me. I knew like they gave me like a negative, but they were real with me. And now I know like I could actually start weighing stuff against each other and have like a true mm -hmm. scope of things. It matters. Yeah. Are, there, are there guys you're talking to in the NBA that are like, Hey, like, you know, this is, a, this place is amazing, but also be weary of this and kind of queuing you in, like kind of giving those level views. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what like, the guys that I played with are for, um, you know, guys like Joe, or I didn't really, play, I didn't play with Joe, but I know Joe Killian Tilly. I mean, he had a up and down year getting back from injuries, um, kind of getting himself right. And, um, you know, not getting, not getting paid as much as any other guy in the locker room and still having to try to come to come to work every day and work hard and work on his game and living in a new place and, you know, all that stuff. And, and, you know, he's somebody that I feel comfortable with asking those questions. It's not something you ask, out of everybody but thankfully he and i have 
um, I've been close enough over the years that he could, you know, give me the straight scoop um, about what life is like in the NBA in general versus, you know, just his experience in Memphis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a guy in the NBA that it's going to be su- the most surreal for you to go against? Like you step on, like, cause there, we've had those experiences too. Like we're like on the mic and like, even a guy like, you know, Versillo comes along. Like I remember we first started getting into this and like, you know, we dap him up I'm like, yo, what up dude? Like, how you doing? Like a guy, like I grew up listening, you know, I, I, I listen to all the time. Uh, is there a guy like you're really looking forward to not even just play against just to like be on the opposite side of the court from? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and they're not necessarily guys that like I model my game. I'm like KD, like he's like, he'll, he'll walk onto the floor with him. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm here. Or yeah. like, go, like LeBron coming down the court at me or like I get switched on to LeBron. Like that's going to be insane. And I'm not, <laughs> you know, and, and that's not to say I'm going to be like pissing down my leg and back down from him. Like I got to guard him at the end of the day. That's, that's what my job is. But um, there are like a ton of guys who've been in the NBA where I, you know, was still a kid while they were playing. And, and I mean, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be nuts. Is there anyone out there that you're looking forward to getting revenge on? Cause I know you've had some big games in college and mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, anybody on Baylor that's playing in the NBA, <laughs> that's, that's kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of the short list for you, Davion. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Davion Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, and he's a great player and a really good, really good guy. Um, but I mean, naturally, like, of course, of course. Yeah. I want to go up here. Yeah. What, what, what was up with Suggs and Timmy buddying up with them at the ESPYs on stage? What's going on with that? Like, <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. You got to put that stuff behind you like really quick because Jared Butler is with my agency and I've had a yeah. room with him over the last month. So like that, he and I have had to talk about it and, you know, put some, you know, uncover some skeletons in the closet. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's been, it's been really good for me because it's helped me like, get over it and move past it all that stuff. But yeah, no, get, make, make no mistake. Like Jalen and Drew are still pissed off. I know they are. Um, but they had to accept that, you know, they had to be at the SBs and accept the awards yeah. and go with grace. And all yeah. They, they had to be there. So it's like, you know, they didn't have much of a choice yet. You gotta, you can't be, you know, this is not the nineties or the late eighties anymore. We were brawling on stage, right? No, 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 there's no, yeah. You can't throw haymakers at the SBs. Yeah. No yeah. RKOs out there. That's like a, definitely, a, it's a big no, no. Seems to uh, me that most college programs, like, especially for the one and done guys, like who go to Kentucky or Duke or UNC, like, I'm not sure how much camaraderie there still is when they're like, you know, with their former teammates in the NBA, but it seems like your Gonzaga group was so close. And like, as you talk about Jalen, you talk about Drew and you talk about, you know, all these guys you played with, like you, you imagine that these guys are going to be lifelong friends that you guys are going to stay in group texts, you know, throughout the time you're in the NBA, like try to buddy up sometime at, at some point in your careers, maybe play together. Like, is that something that you look forward to? Oh, absolutely. Like our, our group texts with the 20, what, 2018 team, with Rui and Brandon Clark and Josh is still like active to this day, texting in a lot. And, and so, I mean, you, you bet whenever I'm in Washington or in Memphis or, you know, anywhere, even with like Sabonis, I mean, he, I didn't play with Sabonis or Zach Collins. We're going to get dinner. Like, of course we are. We're like, it's just kind of the way it is. And, you know, thankfully, I mean, we'll, you know, we're thankfully we're moving into a place where we can get those high level one and done recruits. That just comes with being a good college basketball program. But like, I don't think that'll ever change no matter who you are or how long you stay there. Like Jalen's always going to be a part of the family. You know, it's just, that's just how it is. And that's kind of what you, what you sign up for when you go. Yeah, there. With, y'all got the, y'all got the one and done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with Gonzaga though, do you feel like 
still, even still after all of these recruits, after being able to compete recruiting wise against, you know, the Dukes, the Kentuckys for the one and dones for the guys we know are going to be top seven picks that y'all are still, that Gonzaga still kind of slept on that. They're still not talked about in the way that they should. I feel like last year was the first Absolutely. time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's, that will always be like a marker of going to Gonzaga. Like if you're it, no matter, I mean, 10 years down the road, who knows what they're going to look like, but I can guarantee you, like, you know, there's still going to be the West coast bias and there's still right. going to be yeah. like the, the, okay, they're not going to, they're not going to come through when it matters. Like it, that's what, like, that's what, when you put on that jersey, that's what gets you out of the bed in the morning. And like, um, you know, and, and pe- people talk about it. Like I, I've talked about it in interviews before. Like, I feel like we're still slept on. I feel like we're still, you know, not giving our credit and reporters kind of like, look at me, like funny, like, you know, you've won 25 games in a row. You still don't think you get the credit. I'm like, absolutely. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, that's a big, big driving factor. Um, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to kiss some ass here. I really don't, but I will say this, you know, growing up in the Northeast, like the Patriots, that 18 or no Patriots team is, even though they lost the end of the, at the end of the whole shebang, it's still one of the best football teams we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that, I don't think the loss to Baylor should take away from the whole season. And I feel like in some ways, like kind of it's, it still, it did. And like, cause that's the whole slept on thing. It's like, had y'all been UNC, Oh, everyone would still be up in arms, but like, you know, it's like, it's just like, you know, the totally. bit of disrespect then, in West coast. Yeah. I know. As soon as we, as soon as we lose in that game, oh, they play in a cupcake conference and yeah. oh, they put close games against this and this and this. And like, I can't control those arguments. I can't control what people say about that, but you know, I know for, a f- I mean, I've been in that locker room and I've been to those practices and I've competed in, you know, I've, I've, you know, been at, I've, I've like almost thrown punches at those dudes on, on that team just because of how intense we are. And, um, you know, I know that it's, I would put it up against any, any college basketball team in the last 10 years and I take my chances for sure. For so sure. Are, is that like, is that how you like motivate yourself? Like in that sense with Gonzaga, that was an easy kind of chip on your shoulder at what everyone else is saying, like going forward in the NBA is what analysts and, you know, draft analysts and scouts are saying like, does that put a chip on your shoulder or like, how else are you going to motivate yourself? Cause it's a, yeah. it's a long season. It's a little bit longer than the college season. Mm-hmm, totally. And I mean, like you, you saw that with, I mean, obviously I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but you saw that in the, in the last dance is how he was like, oh, <laughs> I took that personally. You know, I, yeah. something like in then it later came out that he might've like made that up in his head that someone said something about him in order to get motivated to play. So like, as a competitor, you're going to find any excuse you can to get motivated sure. by anything. Yeah. And- I mean, I, I read that Tony Bennett, you know, was telling you in high school that he needs to see you go up against bigger competition and you use that as motivation to kick their ass. That game you were on fire. It, that was- yeah, it totally. I mean, it totally was, it was in, and I have nothing against coach Benny. He's one of the best people ever, but like he, he, he's like, I need to see more film on you. I can't give you a scholarship until I see more film on you and better competition. And I was like, okay, like I'll go to Gonzaga and <laughs> Um, and, and then, yeah, that conversation stuck with me and then I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, kind of prove it once and for all, I guess, in that game. Mm-hmm. I did. Sure. I, I think there's a situation with this sometimes, and I'm curious how you feel about it with what the scouts are saying that it does obviously have to take with a grain of salt, because especially as a late, we're looking at some of the best players in the league. Giannis, not a lottery pick. Kawhi, not a lottery pick. 
you know, Spida went late. I mean, it's there are people hit and miss all the time. So it's really just about how you can grow your game, like you were saying at the top. Yeah, what, Middleton was a second rounder. Was Middleton yeah. a second rounder? And Jokic second, second rounder. So like, I mean, that 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 just, that just proves that like at the end of the day, we have no idea how these guys are going to pan out. And mm. even the guys that are putting on the jersey have no idea how they're going to pan out. They're just going to work their tail off and and try to and try to make it happen. So. Mm. Um, those guys get paid, paid a lot of money to make really good educated guesses. And a lot of times they're right. Um, but you know, a few times they're wrong. And, um, I guess that's the, the hope that any kind of late, you know, late draft pick can have is like, I can make it too. Yeah. yeah. Right. I got a couple of quick hitters for you before we let go you go. So we'll just kind of fire these off. Um, all right. On paper, who do you got your senior team or the incoming Gonzaga team? Senior team. All right. Who wins in a game of horse, you or your girlfriend? <sighs> you guys have definitely played before, right? She, she won the last one, so really, maybe her. Oh yeah, bro, she's a bucket, dude. That's what I'm saying. She a, she's no mess around. <laughs> no, and Thanks. she takes those so seriously too. You have no idea how competitive she gets. That's I, last time I played my girlfriend in a game of horse, she won as well. So I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Oh, and it is. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Going back to your teammate, Jalen Suggs, if he, he was an amazing high school football player, if he did not continue to play basketball, would he be a first-round NFL pick? Yeah, he'd figure it out. He'd figure out a way to do it. Absolutely. I mean, I saw the tape on him. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's a sicko. He's a sicko. <laughs> um, all right, first thing you're going to buy with your paycheck? A dog. A dog? What kind of dog I have in mind? Uh, I still have to figure that one out because I don't think like a – I don't think a German Shepherd would do very well in New York City, um, or like a big dog would do well in New York City. I'm more of a big dog guy, so um, it depends on what I on where I go in order to figure out what kind of breed I want. So you're staying in New York City? That's like your camp, like your, that's your home base. Well, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. Oh, okay. Oh, so I get too, too excited. I, I, I really have I'm not. Yeah, yeah no. Not you gonna... you use the biggest city in the United States as your example. That's, that's an example. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Kisper's no, trying to become the king of New York. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good diplomat. Yeah. No, um, thank you. All right, moving on. If the Sonics were undoubtedly returning this year, would that be your top choice to go to to their team? I would love to play in Seattle. Um, I would love to do that. I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I would say so, but you know, I coach and the players and the, again, another diplomatic answer. And I, but I would love uh, to play basketball in Seattle again. It's, yeah. It's a hypothetical. So we're not putting you on the yeah, spot. Here, yeah. Right? No, I would, I would love to, but you did grow up rooting for the Sonics, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, all right. Who rocks a better headband? You or Timmy? Me, man, me. I, I wore it first. Okay. He can have, <laughs> He can have the mustache. I'll give him the facial hair. Yeah. But I can't. That, no one's competing with that. I got yeah. That's mine. That's my Those handlebars are legit. Yeah. yeah, they really are. Is there a consideration to wear it in the NBA? The headband? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a style thing now, but like legitimately, like my hair gets in my eyes. So like if I'm running around and it's... Dude, I'm, me, look, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. It smacks you in the eyes. It hurts. Right. And I don't want to do that while I'm trying to shoot a jumper. So yeah, if the hair stays long, the headband stands. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. If we're recreating the match, right? The golf match with, uh, what was it? Was it the last one? Was it Rogers uh, and Brady? Shambo. Yeah. If it's yeah. you and Steph, mm-hmm. who's your golfer? Golly. Um, I'm trying to think of who I would get along with well on the tour. I could do that. Um, 
Let me take Matt Wolf. Okay, interesting pick. <laughs> I, like pick. I like Matt Wolf a lot, and I think he would do well in front of a camera. I think he and I could 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 go pretty low together. I think we would we would choose a good score. Steph's got Morikawa, just FYI. So that's who you're going up against. So it's a tough it's a tough draw. <laughs> and see, I gotta I gotta I, I gotta really sharpen up my game if I want to take on Steph like that. That would be an issue right now. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's 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 balling like off. All right, last one for you. We know that you're a. Uh, well, actually, we got one more. But before that, uh, we know that you're pretty good on on the axe. You, you play the guitar pretty well. Uh, favorite song to play on guitar? Well, the first song I learned was uh, "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman. Dude, that's the first song I learned too, or like one of like probably Ooh, I think the second. Probably better than him. Now. It's, it's <laughs> no, uh, dude, I could, I could rip that song for sure. Yeah, yeah in my great. in my sleep. In my yeah. sleep, it sounds pretty good because I just I just go back to practicing that one whenever yeah. I while off. Yeah. Love it, love it. All right, we ask this question to every single one of our guests that ever come on our show. This could be from you playing, from you watching as a fan, whatever. What is your favorite sports memory of all time? Mm. Um, I would say watching the uh the villanova north carolina national championship game when chris jenkins hit that shot i mean i was with i was with all of my friends we had a bay watching party um i was just starting high school i think maybe i was like sophomore in high school and i i can't remember the last time i was more glued to a tv like that was an unbelievable game crazy game and i'll never forget i'll never forget that moment Ever. We were sophomores in college, and I I will not forget where I was. One of our boys, Daryl Reynolds, was the sixth man on that Nova team. He's been mm-hmm. on our show a bunch of times. Our homie talks hoops all the time with us, and he, I mean, just when you bring it up, just watching his face light up is hilarious because it's just like yeah, yeah crazy. We, we had also because wasn't it pa- Page hit that shot to tie yes. it? Marcus Page hit that and earlier in the shot. year he had like hit an absolute dagger against Texas to win like whatever, you know, not a non-conference game, but obviously it was a big deal. And I was at the game at, at UT watching it. So I was like, Oh, he's doing it again. Marcus pick. Yeah. Here he goes. What he does. Yeah. Big shot. And then Jenkins on the other side. Yeah. That was an unbelievable game. That's a good, that's a great one. That play is like a staple. Like Gonzaga, like we were, we run that play during situations like every day at the end of practice, like we're going to run Villanova pitch and Villanova pitch. And like, that was like, that was like our special play to draw up at the end of games if we ever needed it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good one. I mean, y'all had, y'all had a bunch of guys who could hit that too. Mm-hmm. And like Jenkins probably wasn't even the guy that everyone assumed was going to rip it either. So it worked out. Yeah. All right, guys. Corey Kisper, go pull for him on Thursday. We're hoping you end up somewhere awesome, man. Uh, we'll be rooting for you. We'll be looking out for that outfit. All we have right now to go off is the slick back hair. So I'm <laughs> just, I just got Miami Vice in my head. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, brother. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Of course, man. And we'll kick this to you. We'll tag in everything. We'll throw up some cool clips on the gram and YouTube and whatnot. Uh, it'll be out Monday. Cool. Great. Can't wait. Yeah. Awesome, you, bro. Brother. Thank Thanks for your time, bro. Thanks, Corey. Good, good luck with everything, man. Thank you. Excellent interview. Hope to run it back when he, after his rookie season, uh, wherever that ends up being. Um, great guy. Again, a great player. And yeah, wishing Corey nothing but the best. Get excited. We have Herb Jones next and Sharif Cooper after that. It's a big week. It's our draft week, guys. We got some players coming in. It's super exciting. Um, Yeah, so get pumped. We're going back to back to back. So Corey, obviously, on Monday, Herb Tuesday, and Sharif on Wednesday. 
Um, a lot of good content for you guys. And the fans out there, drag both feet and bounce, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. We outro. We love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.